Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to The Coindesk Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday and welcome to the 100th episode of The Hash podcast on the Coindesk Podcast Network. Happy birthday to us. Yes. Here we like to celebrate well, ourselves. Birthday. Well, I know, but happy 100, 100 days. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and if you've been watching us on Coindesk TV, you've been watching us for much longer. You guys are the OGs. So welcome to the show. Zach, Will are here with me. I'm Jen. Zach has our first story. What do you got? I feel like I'm a hundred years old watching that graphic and listening to that <laughs> song. I feel like we've advanced our aging. We're old. We're a hundred years old. Congratulations to us. All right. We're going to talk about a couple of crypto stocks about to hit the public markets. First up, Bitcoin Depot, Bitcoin ATM operator pursuing a SPAC deal worth about $0.885 billion. That's cool. Second of all, WonderFi, Canadian DeFi platform formerly listed in Toronto, now also being listed on NASDAQ. It's called WonderFi and a nod to Mr. Wonderful. Look at that guy's big head right there. We're talking about Kevin O'Leary, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. That's the actual size of his head. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about two stocks about to hit the markets. The stock markets haven't been especially kind to crypto stocks over the last, I don't know, eight months or so. But we're going to have a couple others that are going to enter the scene. And it's going to be curious to see how they ultimately perform. Will, I'm going to toss it to you. What are your thoughts on seeing more crypto stocks hit the market? Yeah, I like the last question you just led with there. What's going to happen to these stocks as we go into a bear market? And is it better to list during a bear market than it is during a bull market? I think Coinbase, it's listing in April 2021, probably the best example we have of what a stock should look like during a bull market and the consequences of listing during a bull market. It hit a peak in November of 2021, I think almost $400 per share. And since then, it's been only down and it keeps nose diving down. I think it hit low about $52 a few weeks back. Since then, we've been trading pretty choppy for it. And that's expected, right? It's basically just following along with a lot of other tech stocks. 
We've seen a lot of the air come out of these crypto stocks. No one really cares about them anymore. The sentiment's gone, basically falling Bitcoin price. And so for these other stocks that are coming to the market right now, they're basically coming to depressed market where everything is based on some sort of acknowledgement of fundamentals, but still people are trying to figure out what a crypto fundamental is in the first place. Is it transactions? Is it, is it coins? Is it user adoption? People are still trying to figure that out. And so what we're going to see, I think, over the next two years, or as long as the bear market persists, is people trying to analyze these new crypto stocks that are coming to market. Zach, back to you. I like the idea of these stocks being a proxy bet on certain sectors of the crypto economy. So you have Bitcoin ETMs. If I'm an investor in the traditional markets and I'm saying, okay, hey, I think Bitcoin ETMs are really going to take off. They're going to be in every Walmart before you know it. And people are going to use these things. I can you know, use this, this particular stock to, say, to express that opinion. Similarly with Wonderfy, right? It's a trading marketplace, a platform for... Uh, buying crypto and selling crypto. If I think that, that the exchange model is looking good for the immediate term trajectory, I can make that bet through the public markets. It's interesting to me to watch traditional investor sentiment latch itself onto these stocks as we had seen with MicroStrategy, which became famously sort of this Bitcoin proxy stock in lieu of a traditional Bitcoin ETF in US markets. MicroStrategy also not doing especially hot right now. So maybe the timing is right for some of these firms to hit the public markets rather than launching with lofty expectations. And then as we saw with Coinbase, cratering pretty significantly thereafter. Jen, curious for your thoughts though. Yeah, I think crypto companies going public brings like more visibility and credibility to the industry. I think there's just more transparency when there's a public company versus a private company. I think though, what is important to say is that regardless of a crypto company going public, they could still face regulatory scrutiny. It doesn't guarantee that they're going to be around a year from now. I mean, we saw this Coinbase went public and they've still had a lot of run-ins with the SEC. So if you're thinking about investing in shares in any of these companies, it's still really important to do your research and understand the risk that you are getting into. Going public doesn't mean smooth sailing for the foreseeable future. But Will, what do you got? Yeah, I got to get the mining angle in there since there's so many mining stocks and I do mining media for a living. So a lot of these public companies that are crypto over the last two years have been mining companies. What we've seen with them is actually an attempt to sort of pump their stock prices and not always be very truthful. So a lot of times they put out these public information about like how much Bitcoin they're mining or how much energy they're pulling or maybe some sort of greenwashing with ESG rather. Basically, it's to pump the price of their stock often. And so I don't always know if it is more transparent or more visible just because you go public. So I'm curious to see if that continues and if public markets can really figure this out, right? Are they able to wade through all the information, reading through all this new info about Bitcoin that is probably pretty new for a lot of stock analysis out there? If they're able to like accurately understand what the valuation of a company is. But let's leave it there. Let's actually turn to international politics and a little crypto twist on top of it. Afghanistan has been shutting down crypto exchanges. This comes about one year after the fall of the formerly U.S.-backed government there and the takeover by the Taliban, and also the seizing of a lot of assets in the Afghanistan Central Bank. Now, Afghanistan is going after a lot of crypto assets. Uh, They're closing exchanges. They're not allowing people to use those assets. At the same time, we've seen famine. We've seen a lot of population moves. And we've also seen a lot of people move away from Afghan, the money itself, just because it's been falling due to inflationary pressures. So interesting to see crypto here in this context, not doing as well because of the pressure 
from a new regime moving in. Zach? There's 16 crypto exchanges in this particular Afghani state. That's bullish. That's crazy. I wonder how big these exchanges are and whether this is more like just an OTC desk operation, right? Someone who has some Bitcoin and is then selling it for the local currency. Maybe exchanges is a little bit glorified in terms of the word, but that's interesting to me that there are these many people to pursue in this particular region of Afghanistan. And it suggests that maybe more people are using this stuff in Afghanistan than we have been aware of, right? The idea of, again, stateless money that is not confiscation proof, but confiscation resistant, uh, and also potentially inflation resistant, given some of the other macroeconomic conditions over there. The idea that this is actually finding a foothold in Afghanistan to the point where 16 of these quote unquote exchanges could be shut down. That's crazy. That's eye opening. And it says to me that, hey, maybe this is being used in countries where it makes sense for it to be used. Uh, But yeah, Jen, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say a lot of the same thing. You know, the the article mentions the US sanctions and collapsing economy. And I can imagine that people turn to crypto and crypto is so popular there because people are looking to preserve the wealth. And now they're probably left feeling helpless. When I was reading this, I thought about the tornado cash story that we have been speaking about for weeks and the arrests. And so we we see what's happening in Afghanistan. We look at what happened with tornado cash. And it seems like overnight, there's a new rule. Something has become illegal. And now all of a sudden, a bunch of people are being arrested. I don't think that's fair. It, it's like, you know, we're operating in the tornado cash example. We have a developer who doesn't think they're going to be arrested. All of a sudden, there's a new law and someone ends up in jail. I just don't think this is fair. And we're not only seeing it in Afghanistan, we're seeing it across the globe. Well, yeah, the story is really interesting because it applies like a lot of different forms of knowledge they have to kind of pull together. So we have like a country that's developing. Then we have a country that's like in the middle of a civil war. We have all the assets seized from the central bank. They're held in New York, I believe. Like a lot of the gold that Afghanistan, the former regime, used to have control of. Taliban regime does not have control of anymore. And then you also have a population that has been hit with famine, desolization from political ends, and then a lot of the population just moving out of the area with a huge inflationary crisis at the same time. So you have like this nexus, like this awful mixture of all these things happening at the same time. And then you have crypto in the middle of this, right? And we don't really know how crypto is going to be important here or not. We know some of the features of crypto, borderless money, permissionless, the ability to send it peer-to-peer, All these things seem really good for Afghanistan. But at the same time, a lot of the infrastructure is not there, right? Like internet, you need that to be able to send Bitcoin for the most part, unless you're like handing off private keys one-to-one or just handing off a cold wallet. You basically need that, definitely need that. But it's not there in a lot of the parts of Afghanistan, a lot of the outlying jurisdictions. So is crypto a good fit for it? We'll have to see. To Zach's point, it is really wild that 16 exchanges were there in the first place. I think... To most Western eyes, you would not expect that to be the case. There has been some good reporting in Afghanistan, but I'm really looking forward to seeing more of that in the future. We had some, like a bit of it last year when the Taliban came back and took over the country. But to date, I haven't seen a lot of follow-up stories. Coindesk has a new event. It's called Ideas, the Investing in Digital Assets and Enterprises Summit. It facilitates capital flow and market growth by connecting the digital economy with traditional finance. Join us for a 360 investment experience where you can source, invest, and secure the next big deal in digital assets all in one place. Use code HASH20 for 20% off a general pass. Register today at coinest.com forward slash ideas. Jen, let's move over to you and talk about some NFTs and M&Ms. 
All right. So there's a fun new NFT novelty, Bored Ape M&M. So in a licensing deal between Mars and Universal Music Group, Bored Ape NFT images are now being printed on limited edition M&M candies. So you'll remember that Universal Music Group 10.22 p.m. label licensed Bored Ape NFTs from a notable collector to create Kingship, a metaverse band made up of Bored Apes and mutant apes. So people are buying these candies this morning. I bought a box before the show just because, you know, I like to waste money. Uh, Zach, what do, you, what do you think of this? You bought a box? Was this online I or like at the local yeah. like bodega? Where was this? No. What happened? Uh, on M&Ms.com. You can wow. buy a box on, for 60 you can buy US dollars. On the internet? Yeah, That's crazy. You can. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, who'd have thunk it? The bored apes are on some candy. I mean, I guess this is like, I don't know, the mainstreaming of this thing. Is this cool? Are people annoyed by this? I don't know. There's probably like however many thousands of people who are like actual bored ape holders, right? What does everyone else think? Are people annoyed at this? I don't know. It seems weird that NFTs are on M&Ms now, but sure, it's just intellectual property that can be licensed and distributed in whatever novel way we can imagine. So yeah, Jen, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, you know, I think if we think long term, this makes sense. Like we can think of any of our favorite musicians or bands or brands partnering with M&Ms to make limited edition candies. So I don't know, like Mickey Mouse. If we put Mickey Mouse on an M&M, we wouldn't be questioning whether this is something that people should go out and buy. We'd be like, oh, okay, cool. M&Ms partnered with Disney and their Mickey Mouse M&Ms. So I think we're like proving out these these use cases at a very, very like low level, like almost like an MVP. And this is something we can expect in the future. Probably a lot of people have no idea what these are. They're seeing them. They're like, oh, there's some cool apes on M&Ms. They have no idea um, what kingship is. They they don't know about the bored apes. But for the community that is formed around them, I think it's kind of cool. Will, what do you think? Yeah, I like the Mickey Mouse example. And that's the way I've been thinking about it more lately is like NFTs kind of came from the whole advertisement space backwards way, right? So Steamboat Willie got Mickey Mouse really big. And that's how everyone knows about Mickey Mouse because they started using him in cartoons, started using him at Disney World, Disneyland. It took so long to build that personality and that character that everybody knew. The flip side, we now have NFT characters that immediately hit the market, took off for whatever reason. They had no utility, no value. They weren't involved in any marketing. They weren't involved in any cartoons any sort of mainstream media adoption happens slowly though on the backside, right? So now we have these M&Ms, we have other stuff. There's been like bands that have done stuff with these apes. So it's just a flipped model, right? And so I think these people, these NFT holders, they have a lot more money coming. That's for sure. That's what I see coming forward. So I'm not a huge fan of these ones. I don't think they're that cool looking. I like the CryptoPunks more. Jen, to you. <laughs> Uh, so the boxes of M&Ms are already selling on the secondary market for like double the price, but you can still get them on M&Ms.com. I have a question for you guys. What should I do with my box? Should I eat them or keep flip them it. or flip what it. do I, or flip it immediately? Insta flip. flip. Insta okay. flip the box of M&Ms. I think you have to flip it. <laughs> That's the true ethos and spirit of most NFT projects. So as such, mm -hmm. you need to flip the M&M box. Jen, can we get an okay. update on that? I will keep you guys updated. All right. Good stuff. Flip it. Flip it. All right, that's it for the show today. We're gonna we're gonna do some uh, M and M uh, wash trading with Jen over here, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an adventure, uh, NFT shenanigans. All right, that's it for the show today. I'm Zach. It's Will, actually over there. 
Over, wait, over, there, wait, nope. oh, wait. Nailed it. That's Jen, that's <laughs> Will, I'm Zach, we're the hash. Need I say more? No, that's it. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.